Welcome to the Do Better podcast with your coach and host, me, Stevie Potter, helping you to go from feeling like a smashed packet of custard creams to being a superhuman. To find out where you are right now on the spectrum, go to our show notes and visit the Superhuman Scorecard and start changing your life today. Good morning, good morning. Uh, It may not be morning, actually, when you're listening to this, but it is morning as I record this. I'm looking out onto quite a grey day. Um, I've been enjoying the beautiful kind of sunshine, crisp, frosty mornings, which has all been making me feel very festive. Um, I've been on a bit of a deload week. So I've been recovering a little bit more this week, taking things a little bit easier because it all got a bit hectic last week. Um, kind of three weeks of of more intense training and then have a week uh, just to let everything catch up with me and kind of absorb the benefits of training. And as I am telling all of my clients all of the time, we need rest. That's when we get better, not when we're actually doing the training. So um, remember that. And I'm sure we can do an episode on the importance of rest and recovery uh, in the future for performance, but um, not what we're going to cover today. Um, I hope you've all had a good week. It is somewhere around Adam Advent at the moment. Um, hopefully, you've all got a nice advent calendar. I have sent uh, some advent calendars out to some of my clients this week, um, including the beard oil advent calendar, because as you know, most of my clients are the uh, beardy badasses of business. So uh, they <laughs> appreciate something slightly different. And um, not everybody's a chocoholic like me. So I actually have a very posh advent calendar this year, which is basically a box of 25 delicious boozy chocolates, which I've been enjoying as well. So I hope you're enjoying the run up to Christmas. Um, If you are feeling like Christmas is a challenging time, I have just written a blog on the kind of psychology of overeating and trying to just chill out and being a little bit kinder to yourself this season. So it's worth checking that out. Um, That's on the website. So if you go to thewonderclinic.co.uk and click on the blog section, um, I try and do a blog weekly just covering um, something topical. It's usually something that my clients are talking to me about. Um, So something you guys have said that you want me to cover. And I try and do that to make it a little bit complimentary to this podcast as well. So you've got your weekly coaching sessions here with me on the podcast. And then there are the blogs there to go over as well. So if you want any additional kind of knowledge and stuff out of my brain, then that's where you need to head. Today, we are going to cover something that I've been doing a lot of reading about, but kind of unknowingly been dealing with with my clients or perhaps knowingly dealing with but not really um, kind of researching too much about just learning from experience about and learning from the behavioral work that I've done um, in my training Um, both as a healthcare worker uh, and as an athlete with my own kind of um, psychological battles shall we say Um, we're going to be talking about kind of risk reward and hard work um, and how dopamine and addiction can play a part in why we're chronically afraid of hard work because I think as a a planet we are chronically afraid of hard work and in fact that's probably unfair because I don't think it's as a planet I think it's those of us who live in a first world country where we don't actually have to work that hard on a day-to-day basis to get the necessities of life in order to survive it's actually really easy um last session I was talking about how actually 
we are very privileged because we are not living in the survival brain all of the time. And therefore, being that little bit higher up in the kind of animal kingdom means that we've created a world where we have all these other kind of stimulants that we can enjoy um, because we're not living in a survival brain. But with that does come some challenges because we kind of, um, we get a bit confused. We have a lot more psychological issues coming into play. And they play a massive part in how we're looking after our health and our physical selves. And while I'm not here to kind of cover mental health and I'm not an addiction specialist or anything like that, these play a massive role in what I do as a coach. And so I wanted to talk a little bit about that today and definitely the kind of risk reward strategy. It's not even a risk reward. It's it's more about hard work and reward and how hard work leads to greater success and more fulfillment as well. But if you think about it, we live in a world where we constantly strive for things to be made easier, uh, more instant, more accessible, and everything in our lives is designed for convenience. Our food, chores, you can get those little hoover bots that go round, you can get a lawnmower robot, you know, anything you can think of, pretty much you can probably find a shortcut to. So like I say, food, chores, shopping, you can get all your shopping online, even social lives. You know, we've got social media now. It's so easy to just not even have to pick up the phone, but just send some instant messages with someone, send a load of gifts and emojis and photos and videos and all sorts. And you can live this kind of weird social life online as well. And it's really easy to do. You never have to leave your home. But the trouble is, the more convenient, the easier we make things, the more averse we become to hard work and having to put effort in to get results out. And that causes problems because it can, when it comes to things that we can't get from the click of a button, like our health and ourselves, our own fulfillment, our own well-being, you know, weight loss, all that sort of thing, being the person that we want to be, it's why we still fall for the real stupid fads. So deep down, we know that they don't work long term, but we're desperately clinging to some small strand of hope that we can just shortcut our way to weight loss, more time, more money, um, and essentially more happiness. And unfortunately, although we know that doesn't really work, this whole kind of aversity to hard work means that we're still looking for all those shortcuts. You've heard time and time again about the modern day problem of social media, smartphone addictions, and this is not a speech designed to demonize technology um, and have you back on your Nokia 3330. Although I did recently have a client switch his personal phone back to some snake playing green and black Nokia brick, um, which I believe was the Matrix phone. I have seen the Matrix, but I don't really remember it. I think I was a bit younger than I am now and my memory is really poor for films. I've been known to sit through a film and then go, oh, I haven't seen this and then get to the end and say, no, I have seen this. Anyway, back to the plot. Um, But no, this is not about demonising technology in any way. And of course, I see that there are many advantages to that. And certainly for me, as a coach, it's brought some fantastic opportunities because it means I can talk to you guys. You know, I can do this podcast. I can speak to you over Messenger. I can contact way more people than I could if we didn't have all this technology. But this isn't about that. This is about activating a thought process inside you. It's one that forces you to assess whether the things that you so readily say are too hard or impossible or you just can't do, whether that really is true. It's about reframing things and getting you to be honest with yourself about discipline and focus and what those values really mean and what they could help you achieve. And those are two massive values that are vitally important to achieving any goal. And unfortunately, 
because of the world we've built, and I'm going to go into that in a little bit more detail in a moment, but because of the world that we've built and the way that we run it and all these instant things that we have access to, we've kind of forgotten the meaning of discipline and focus. And when I say we've forgotten the meaning, we just don't know how to do it. We have constant distractions all of the time. We justify it by saying we need to be available for work because we've created this society where we need to be available all of the time. And that flows over from social life to work to family life and everything is just kind of merging into one. And we don't have the focus we need to achieve our goals. And that's a real problem. And we then, on the other hand of that, don't have the discipline to actually set out time and segregate our lives so that we we don't have the discipline to make our lives easier, to make things easier for ourselves so that we can focus. When you listen to addiction experts, so when you listen to doctors who deal with addiction, um, there's actually a book um, which I think is out now, which is called Dopamine Nation. Um, and it's written by a doctor who deals with addiction and she's got a lot of experience in that area. Um, and some of the things that she writes and says about addiction in the kind of 21st century and the world that we live in today, and she has a few helpful tools in there to help us manage the, the kind of world we live in as well. Um, but some of the things she says are kind of very profound, but very frightening as well. And... When you listen to people like her, there's a worrying pattern emerging in society and it basically involves dopamine levels. So to simplify dopamine and addiction, and again, if you want to go into a little bit more detail and hear this from some of the leading experts, read that Dopamine Nation or listen to it because it will help you understand this a lot better. And I think you will probably see this a lot more in yourself um, and perhaps people you know. But to simplify it, dopamine and addiction. Dopamine is basically a magnet for comfort. So it draws you towards things that are good for you, essentially. Um, It's a magnet for comfort and happiness. That's how I like to look at it. And it plays lots and lots of roles in the body and the mind. But primarily, its purpose is to coax us, the host, towards good stuff. So it's a survival reflex to get us to do the things that are going to make us feel good because they're going to keep us alive. So it's an important survival brain thing because caveman you um, needs to have an innate drive to be attracted towards tasty high calorie foods, opportunities to procreate, sources of warmth, safety, all those kind of things. So all the little warm fuzzies that you get, you know, those things that you're drawn towards is usually because dopamine is kind of driving you there. But now that drive's been hijacked and we are overstimulated all of the time. We have access to dopamine stimulating sources constantly. Now, in addiction, what you see is that when you get the first hit, we get a dopamine rush and it makes us feel the warm and and fuzziness. And then we look for another because we get this kind of nice, good, happy feeling from the thing that gave us the dopamine And then we get a bit of a downer, that kind of the hormones even out again, everything settles down and we get that almost like a minor kind of withdrawal. So you look for another hit. And over time, that lovely positive vibe that you get reduces in response to that stimulus. But the negative response that you get when you don't have access to that stimulus gets worse. So that kind of withdrawal effect gets worse, but the drive goes towards it you know, that that gets, you become driven by pain more than you are driven by pleasure. And that's not a pleasant place to be. And that's why you see in withdrawal from any kind of addictive substance, you see things like depression, anxiety, you know, real kind of wacky behaviors that are really unpleasant for the person experiencing them. 
And if you think about someone who's going kind of cold turkey um, from drugs or you think about functioning alcoholics, even that's probably a really good analogy. If you think about someone with an alcohol addiction, um, they'll often be readily able to mask their problem because they have a physical tolerance to the alcohol. And the drink actually then becomes essential to make it through the day feeling normal. So they start off kind of medicating with alcohol, maybe to ease the pain of something else and it makes them feel good. But then they get to a point where actually they need the alcohol just to feel normal, just to function during the day. And if they stop, they're having these kind of thoughts, intrusive thoughts about drinking. They get upset, angry, frustrated, depressed. And it's a real difficult problem. And that's why people need to check into things like rehab and have guidance with addiction, because it's really hard to beat it because you have to get rid of it. And when you get rid of it, you get those immense kind of pain feelings, basically. So back in the good old days, dopamine hits were harder to come by. You might have had a hobby um, like a lot of people do today. You might have gone out cycling, hiking, running, and it was great. You got out in the great outdoors and you got the kind of positive vibes from being out in the fresh air, doing things that were good for your body, moving, clearing your head. Um, and, And those things now, for more and more of us, are not what we do for our dopamine hits. Instead, they come from things like hyperpalatable foods, smartphones, Xboxes. We've created a world where we're used to being constantly gratified all of the time by the wrong things, by things that are not making us healthier, things that are not helping us to survive. Because we've manufactured things and kind of played on all of the things that we know our survival brain loves. But what it's actually doing is it's kind of confusing this survival brain that's saying, actually, we need to move towards things like warmth, light, excitement, that kind of thing. And we're not moving towards things, like I say, that are good and healthy for us. We're not moving towards good exercise in the outdoors. We're not moving towards kind of fruits and sweet foods like that. We're moving towards foods that are full of kind of chemicals and um, kind of nutrient devoid. And they're just well, I think um, somebody who once did, and I can't remember his name now, but he did a really good uh, Netflix documentary. He's done a lot of work on this. Who calls them food-like substances. Um, and we're, we're kind of medicating ourselves with that almost. And the moment that we withdraw from these sources of immediate pleasure, we become anxious, frustrated, irritable, and we struggle to see the benefits of hitting the gym, cooking our own food, and investing time in improving ourselves. Why would we bother to work on ourselves, put hard work in to do those things like cooking your own food and working out when you can get an instant hit from grabbing the tablet next to you? And also, if that's the thing that you do every day to get your positive kind of feel good factor, then it becomes a habit. It becomes an addiction and all the other stuff seems to pale in comparison because it doesn't give you the same rush. So it's a really dangerous thing. And a huge part of the coaching that I do with people is about recalibrating and reconnecting people, both with themselves, but also with our natural kind of state and our natural environment. Because as much as we've grown this world to make everything easier and more accessible and more convenient, and there are amazing upsides to that and the social connections that we can make, which we know are really good for us and the access we have to all these amazing nutrients and ingredients across the world from amazing sources, absolutely fantastic uses of technology. But unfortunately, our minds and our bodies have not evolved as quickly as the technology has. And so the other side of that, all these kind of other immediate dopamine hits that we give ourselves, we're not kind of evolved to cope with that properly. And 
we're also not acknowledging how our body actually works because we're constantly stimulating ourselves and we're not giving ourselves that release, which means our our levels are kind of all off. And so recalibration is about saying, right, we need to be a little bit tough on ourselves and go through a bit of pain first to then say, actually, I'm getting the hits where I should be and I'm feeling better because essentially our first world society is devoid of happiness. And the research shows that people who are in more developed countries are unhappier than those that are in developing countries because we are just constantly overstimulated. So we're not putting the hard work in to get that kind of um, the happiness hit because we're just at one level all the time. And so, like I said in the beginning, when you get exposed to that stimulus over and over and over again, the positive feedback that you get, the dopamine hit that you get becomes lower and lower and lower until you're just kind of, that's your normal level. And then when you withdraw it, you're below par. And it's about recalibrating that. And that kind of sounds really fluffy, you know, recalibrating and reconnecting with yourself and your natural state sounds really fluffy, but it's essential if you want to get the most out of your life. And learning how to withdraw from an overstimulating world and be comfortable with yourself, so to be alone with yourself and reacquaint yourself with the hard work input um, for a good feeling output is the only way to really achieve success in any kind of field, but most importantly in health and independence. I have to teach people that actually you've got to do the hard thing in order to get the good thing. You've got to do the hard thing to get success. Our chronic societal addictions are leading us all to become insulated from feelings of pain and hard work. And it's because we've messed up our whole risk-reward axis. And like I say, I say risk-reward, but it's, it's a hard work-reward axis, really. And on a physical level, our addictions to our fast and easy life means we no longer see the real benefits of hard work. And we're not resilient enough to actually start it, withstand it or endure it. And in order to achieve success and reward, we have to be more resilient because we have to be able to put the hard work in. Far too many of us, like I said earlier, far too many of us are looking for shortcuts and we know they don't really exist. So why are we chasing them? Because we're afraid of hard work, because we insulate ourselves from it, because we want to feel good all of the time. And in the world we live in, we can do that. We can facilitate that. And that's not a good thing. And perhaps... Just perhaps, I suppose, maybe this is why we have a bit of a snowflake generation, because we have wrapped them in cotton wool and we have created a world where it is normal to feel happy all of the time and it's accepted and it's almost encouraged. And do you know what? That's not what life is about. And that is not where success comes from at all. You have to do the hard stuff. So how do we, we, we're kind of disconnected with the relationships between hard work and success. So how do we embrace all of the positives of this kind of wacky world and still be able to detach and achieve our goals and dreams? Because those people who never expose themselves to pain and hard work will never attain their goals. And that's why there are so many people that don't achieve their goals because they don't have the resilience required to execute the value of discipline and focus. I think honesty, honesty is really important. You've got to be honest about whether something is really too hard for you or whether it's just hard and it's just painful and you need to get through it. And it's being honest with yourself about whether you're making excuses for yourself as well. 
you know, is it really too hard? Is it really a lost cause? Or actually, do you just need to man up, find the right direction, build the right habits? It's actually pretty simple to achieve long-term health, but it's not always easy. And that's the take-home message here, is that your strategy can be really simple, but nobody ever said it was going to be easy. And as a coach, again, one of the biggest things that I help people with is actually staying focused, staying disciplined, and just reminding them that this is not easy. It is really hard. And you have to work hard in order to get what you want from it. So the take-home message here is, as somebody once said to me, and I believe it, uh, it came from the great Mo Farah, was be uncomfortable with your uncomfortable. No, that's not right. Be comfortable with your uncomfortable. You have to accept that things are going to be painful and things are going to be hard. And it's really important that you accept that because the more kind of pain and hard work that you can put into a process, actually, the better the result is going to be on the other side. So some big food for thought there, a lot of things to think about, and perhaps there are things in there that you can identify with. Now, like I say, a really good book that kind of sparked my ideas about how I'm dealing with this a little bit unknowingly um, in my coaching and kind of how I've expanded on the ideas that I have and the strategies that I have um, is to read that Dopamine Nation because it will give you a really good insight into what we're actually dealing with in society and what you might be dealing with. Um, And there's also some useful tools in there to help you to cope um, with the kind of addictive world that we live in because I think we all have some kind of low-level addiction um, really, uh, whether it's coffee or sugar or um, like I say, it could be a smartphone tablet or whatever. So might be a really useful read. I think everyone should read it um, at some point or listen to it um, and let me know what you think of that as well and let me know if you see that in yourselves. Um, But for now, I will let you get on with your day with those thoughts. Do you have a think about it? Re-listen to the episode. Make sure that you kind of taken everything that you need to from it and apply it as well because that's the only way that you're going to do any better is if you actually listen to the knowledge take it on board and then apply it to yourself so I really encourage you to do that Um, as per usual if you need to get in touch with me if you've got any more questions about the episode or any previous episodes anything else that I've been talking about on social media uh, we've done quite a lot of posts recently about sleep um We're going to cover lots more um, health and wellness topics um, out there as well, just helping you to get better and do better. That's why I'm here. Um, But if there's anything specifically you want me to talk about, then please get in touch. I love to hear from you. Or if you just want to let me know uh, how you found the podcast and how it's inspired you, then also let me know because I love to hear your stories as well. They do give me the warm and fuzzies and that's how I get my dopamine hits today. Um, So it's lovely to spend time with you. I will catch up with you all again soon. In the meantime, have a great week and we will speak soon. for listening to the do better podcast i hope you enjoyed the show you can connect with me and learn more about how you can become a happier healthier and more successful superhuman by contacting me at stevie potter at thewonderclinic.co.uk following stevie's wonder clinic on instagram and heading to our website thewonderclinic.co.uk and you can get started on your journey today by completing the superhuman scorecard via the link in the show notes i hope to see you all soon